Meet Calvin. Hi. Calvin won 50 bucks off his roommate. That's because Calvin has the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Which he used to make a pasta song playlist. I'm a genioki. Calvin blasted this on repeat after betting his roommate couldn't complete a four-day juice cleanse. Oh, I can. The song Proper Pappardelle pushed him over the edge. Mm. I love carbs. Good thing Calvin is one of millions with the iHeartRadio app. Download it today and get paid to ruin your roommate's stupid cleanse. Like Calvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 162, presented by 805 Beer. The Wallex U.S. Open of Surfing, presented by Pacifico at Huntington Beach, the fourth of six stops on the 2023 WSL Challenger Series schedule, with surfers looking to qualify for next year's Elite Championship Tour, is streaming live this week at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. There is plenty happening. All right, episode 162. We have a special episode today, uh, recorded live at the Surf Ranch Pro presented by 805 Beer. We talk about a lot of things in today's episode, including their film Convergence by Perry Gerkshaw, which premieres on August 3rd and then everywhere on YouTube on August 4th. A film profiling three very different surfers, but centering around the common thread that binds them together. We had a lot of fun on this podcast, and we hope you do too. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with Grayson Fletcher, Nate Tyler, and Connor Coffin. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut you lips. And now I just say, put him up once, let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. It's out of your boxes. All right, the lineup is back. We are here at the Surf Ranch Pro, presented by 805 Beer. And we're very fortunate to not only have three 805 ambassadors, but three people with genuinely interesting stories in the surfing world here with us today. We have former world tour surfer and world title contender, Santa Barbara's Connor Coffin. We have free surfing virtuoso, the Central Coast's Nate Tyler. And we have international skate icon, San Clemente's Grayson Fletcher. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the 805s and cheers. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Yeah, boys. <laughs> ah, I'll get, I'll get you ah, down there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Thanks for having us, Dave. Oh, yeah. my god. So we're here at the event. Um, Connor, you've been here a few times before. You know, Nate and Grayson, this is kind of one of your first times here. What have been your impressions of the place so far? It was insane. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be kind of a long story. I'll try to make it quick. Speak as long as you want. All right, perfect. <laughs> Me and Nate showed up. They're like, oh, get your wetsuits on. It's like 15 minutes till we're supposed to catch our wave. And I was like, oh, 15 minutes? It's not a long time. Like, or that's not yeah. whatever anyways. Like we have. Whatever. Lag a little bit. Then like probably like eight minutes is left. I'll put my wetsuit on now. Go out, start talking to people. We end up talking to Kelly Slater and... um name drop yeah who's he <laughs> anyways we talk to that guy you're in a safe place and, um yeah exactly we're cruising talking and then i just hear on the we hear on the walkie talkie yeah 30 seconds till their waves up oh shit <laughs> we didn't know who's going first we didn't know right or left raymond and matt pull up on the ski we're like all right hop on so, oh yeah before that slater was like trying to put my wetsuit top <laughs> flap over my <laughs> over me i was like oh yeah i forgot that like put it on like didn't and he was telling think, you where and how to surf on the wave, which yeah, was, yeah. And then seemed like, like a lot. At the, it, it was a lot of All of our senses within were Within 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, within like a very hectic very 30 cool. seconds. And then there's like two skis, but they want us both on one ski. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. Like didn't even get the, the board under my leg. I was just holding my board. And then Slater's like, oh, put your leash on, brah. And I was like, started laughing. I was like, oh. And then Raymond just jumps, gets off the, the get off the ski. I'm like putting my leash on. He's like, paddle, paddle for the flag. I'm like, what flag? He's like, the red one. I'm like, oh, like put my leash on. He's like, still yelling. I was like, shit. Paddle <laughs> over there. I'm like, oh, like, is it a right or a left? He's like, it's a right. And I was like, which way? And he's like, blah, blah. I was like, okay, like, where do I paddle? You know, just tell him where to paddle. And um, anyways, I look behind me and the wave's coming already. I was like, oh, shit. And then, yeah, that, 
that was that did a turn and then I was like okay Kelly said it's not gonna barrel the first section really because the first wave and then Raymond's like fall in fall in lower lower I'm like stalling stalling got too deep I think I don't know what happened lip land I don't know what happened and then Nate ripped it and he he'll tell you but about no that another funny thing is once that wave gobbled Grayson Grayson was just doing what he was told. The wave gobbled him. And then I'm sitting there on the back with Raymana. I've never met him. And and he's like It's an intimate first encounter. Super intimate. Sure. Just like a like a nice hug. And uh, <laughs> and he instantly he like watched the the path. He just he knows. You can tell he just knows. Right. And um but he watched what was gonna happen to Grayson. He's like, get ready, get ready. He's like do a step off, do a step off. And screaming at me, I was like, Ramona, I've never actually done a step off. He's like, oh, it's okay then, buddy. And he just went, and we just watched that wave. Like, oh, yeah. Because right. it was the first wave right, of the right. morning. It was all better, you want Yeah, not. so that when it hits the inside, it like, I've never Cuts seen out, like yeah. a wave. Well, the actual lip, when it fell, it was like right. perfect pool water. Right. It looked fake. Yeah. And, um, and so I don't know. Anyways, it was really funny because then he's like, oh, you're okay. And then like that wave dissipated or whatnot. And then he goes, he, he's like, okay, buddy, go to the, um, go to the green flag. And I was like, okay, sweet. And I jump off, like thinking that he was kind of going to trail me also. Right. Like we just trailed Grayson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and all he said was go to the green flag. And it was my first wave, just like it was Grayson's first wave, first time ever here. And um, it was just the most amazing sight because it was such chaos right as the event was starting that he dropped me and he goes, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> and just like motored <laughs> off and went over to pick up, pick up Kelly and right, deal yeah, with yeah. the broadcast. And I was like, uh, what way do I paddle? Like, same thing as, so we had opposite interactions with it because he kind of got like the fire start of just like thrown right into it. And then I had the five minutes of the, or whatever the regeneration time is right, right. to sit there and go, think about okay, it. Okay, what am I doing? Where am I going? And then like, I randomly like a, group of friends were happened to be right where the left starts <laughs> right, and they sure. all started screaming at me and the whole oh, world no. my world caved in <laughs> like yeah. my tiny brain just imploded i was like oh my god i heard him scream for you and i saw you like shake it off yeah. <laughs> he like got under the water like ooh, shake his hair off so well, well was, here's a good question amazing, right because because that was you guys caught those waves like a few minutes before kelly has singlet on he's surfing in the contest yeah there's that movie um uh Feeling screwed up now. Daniel Plainview, right? He goes, I've got a competition in we me. I want no one else to succeed. Do you think he was giving you legitimate advice or he's like, nope, you're going down? <laughs> I was, so first in question though, did he, was his first wave his contest wave? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he probably had a lot of pressure and just was like yeah. talking to talk. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Nervous talking. Yeah. <laughs> So but, I don't know. I, no, I think he was giving me solid information. It just I was think the, it was genuine. Yeah, so it's just the first. I was hearing two different parts, Kelly's, and then I was on the wave, and then I was hearing Raymana's. <laughs> yeah, and he they were opposite. Signals. Oh, they were opposite. Yeah. They were opposite. Well, yes. well Kelly was telling me that the wave's not going to barrel. The first section is not really going to be a barrel because it's the first one. He's like, it'll. the second section will be super hollow. And then Raymana's like, Paulin! <laughs> It is amazing, right? Because you see all the content on social media and stuff. But then when you come here for the first time, I always remember. I'm like, I cannot believe how big this is. Yeah. I cannot believe someone let someone else build this thing. It is unbelievable. Connor, you've competed here before. You know, what were your impressions like today and, and watching the CT surfers compete out here? Like, do you feel like the level's gone up? Because I, I feel like just as an observer, we've ran a bunch of different events here, exhibitions, CT events. Every time we run one, it feels like people are getting a little less tentative, a little less con more, a little less conservative, and a little more aggressive. Uh, I don't know. I honestly didn't watch a whole lot very closely because I got headlocked into lots of conversations today, <laughs> so I didn't get to watch everyone's waves. But I definitely think it's still one of those things. I mean, there's certain guys that have surfed this place and girls right. way more than other men and women have. Sure. So I think that really plays a huge advantage because like you said that each time you come back, you kind of know what's going to happen on the wave a little bit more. So you know where you could probably do something that you didn't do last time or right. maybe something you tried a few times last time that you wanted to do that next time. 
because definitely I felt that way every time I came back. It was like, oh, okay, got a little better, a little better, a little better after a few waves, you know? Yeah. Um, where when a few years ago, though, we used to get a lot of practice time, and now I don't think that you probably get as many waves, right, before the contest, because there's, yeah, I don't know I how many gonna, waves the guys got. Or I was going to ask you, like, how many waves did you used to get? Like, because like, that was... It was like so scary what Grace and I got this morning, like in the pressure cooker style. It was like, did you guys used to get? It's just one wave, and then the world title's online. They get a few. First started, I scored a couple days where there was like four of us, and we you couldn't walk. You surfed so much. Yeah, like it was too much. You needed more people. But then towards the end, it was like maybe before the contest, you only get like ten waves or something. Yeah, eight waves, eight waves maybe. And how'd your legs feel during the heat? Torched. Dusted off. Yeah, it is a great point though, because people bring it up quite a lot. They're like, man, for the rookies, it's so hard because like Kelly lives here, right? And there's other surfers who have come up here either through years of competing or sponsorship relationships where they've surfed it a lot. Yeah. I think it's not a, too dissimilar to like almost any other venue. Like there's people who live at J-Bay. Yeah. Right? Or there's people who live at Pipeline and they, they have that local advantage. You know, Nate, we were talking before, like you're a Central Coast guy. I actually mm. think you might be one of the closest residing surfers to this facility. You might be in line for oh. a local wildcard at some point. Uh, really would never want that or <laughs> know what to do with it but yeah i think technically i am the closest living you know like you know miles wise or whatever sure. yeah i mean there's a bunch of us but yeah it's it is pretty strange that's why today there was i don't know it, i came in late last night and they let me camp and i was like i walked up at i think it was like 10 30 when i got here and they were running um all those guys were practicing. Yeah, 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 under the lights. And it, yeah, and it was just like full, I just felt like a little kid at Disneyland. Like, just like, oh my God, this is so amazing to see. And it's, it was just the coolest first impression because it was nighttime and the, the pool was just glowing. It was so amazing. And it's cool. I don't know, I, it just got me very excited. And then I went to bed and I woke up at three and it was like my world caved in. I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Like. <laughs> Grace and I are gonna have to get a wave in front of everyone. Yeah. And so I was pretty sleepless. And then one other funny story that I was gonna say that I didn't even let Grayson in on it till afterwards, but when we showed up, we were such like oddballs, you know, like non-athletes. We got but kicked out of the room. Yeah, so so they- um, Where's your wristband, dude? Yeah, so we like, they, they saw us just standing around hopeless and they're like, uh, why don't you guys go in here and change? And they put us in like, the, <laughs> the judging room next to the next to the head judges and I randomly have a really good friend that's a judge and she walked over and she's like hey I saw your name on the um on the docket to get a wave <laughs> and I was like oh cool and she's like yeah we uh, I was like have you gotten a couple waves is it fun she's like yeah it's fun I got a wave back in 2017 or, or 2018 <laughs> or whatever <laughs> I was like wait a minute like you don't get waves so, I just instantly, like, the nerd, it's settled in way more. The rarity yeah. is like, oh no. Yeah. yeah. But, like, they're not even getting waves that much. Because it's just, yeah. It's, it's a unique It's thing. gnarly. Yeah. yeah. It was gnarly for us, especially. Yeah. Like, I was, like, not on the contest, skateboarder, yeah. <laughs> surfing <laughs> right before Kelly at his own wave pool. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Your guys' spot, like, first one on the on the first wave, I was just like, I don't, I'm not honored enough to surf the first wave of the day like yeah oh no pressure no it was pressure. fun but it was insane it was, fun though yeah it was, yeah, it was an cool. incredible opportunity it just was a lot of pressure like whoa <laughs> well, they ripped it though i want i want to say that one more time they oh ripped yeah it up. we got video <laughs> evidence it's all but good i was psyched like I, was, that, I was sitting there after yeah. my way i was like shit and i was watching <laughs> it i was like all right that's that's super cool though to watch it was cool so this August at the U.S. Open, we are premiering a film, Convergence, by Perry Gergshaw. The three of you feature in the film, and you know one of the things that, that struck me about just some of the advanced materials is, since time immemorial, you know, the idea of family, both biological family or found family, is such a such a strong thing in surfers. You know, you got fathers and sons, mothers and sons, and mothers and daughters, and fathers and daughters, and siblings, and each of you has such a unique relationship with your own family as it pertains to your own careers, whether it's surfing or skating or both. And I want to hear a little bit about how this project came to be, working with Perry, working on Convergence, and 
you know, Grayson, you, you obviously come from such an important dynasty in sports, you know, both the Fletchers and the Hoffmans. And I'm curious at 32 years young, if working on this project kind of unlocks some new stuff for you around the idea of family and the idea of who you are, right, as a skater and a surfer. Yeah, it's really rad, actually. Like, so I knew Connor from riding on Hurley a 13, 12 Pretty years long ago. Time ago yeah. And so like, Solid, I yeah. made some friends. I made friends with all the Hurley guys, like stayed at the Hurley house in Hawaii, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Down the road on 805, 6, Stoke, like super rad team already, you know. Um, Nate Donnett, like rodeo guy, you know, just cool stuff, like mechanic, dirt bike guys like anyways like oh yeah we're thinking about putting uh connor coffin on the team i was like oh no way <laughs> God, so we're like, yeah get him on there whatever blah 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 and then we were talking about it like oh hopefully one day we could go on like a sick trip and then here we are now for this edit um we were waiting for waves so like we didn't get to do our surf trip yet but we've all filmed like some stuff individually and then we're actually leaving for our trip tomorrow to go get some waves go cruise hang with each other and um have some good times and then hopefully hit a couple skate parks around there too and uh yeah i'm super stoked like i don't know nate that well but i'm getting to know him which is cool he seems super rad we had a good crash course this morning forged in the fire right? yes. yeah. and i've known connor so i'm like super stoked that we got to be a part of the same team together. It's a really rad yeah. thing when you have a program, like, and, and it's not the only one, obviously, but like 805 Beer, as you mentioned, it's not just surfers or even in a lot of cases, like one type of surfer. Mm -hmm. It's like there's all these interesting people and there's this intersection of commonality, you know, where, whether it's a story or just a passion or whatever. And I often find that like the best kind of, you know, friction kind of moves uh, experience and content forward. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. And, you know, Nate, you, you are so synonymous with the Central Coast and, you know, your own relationship with your dad and your family and surfing and your profession. It's, it's so interesting as someone who's come from where they've come in terms mm -hmm. of this film. And, you know, when, when you heard about it and you've worked with Perry before, what were your initial thoughts in terms of working on Convergence? Uh, well, I think that this film, like where it's, what it's gotten to be has grown. It's kind of been an evolution of an idea that Perry and I had a couple years ago when we spoke with the 805 people and kind of, um, I guess you'd call it, pitched them on it and whatnot. Just an idea for a project and it was kind of art based and based on a lot heavily on me. and. I've just sort of taken a step back from like the real grind of surfing. And um, and so I just sort of let it go away in a weird sense. Mm. But then it was really cool that it ended up coming back. <clears throat> and they had the idea to like have us all three come together because then there's three stories to tell. And it's just, it just makes a lot more sense in the, in the you know, the, the end outcome would be just a, way more dynamic film than 100%. what what we were originally planning so it's really cool to see the evolution of what it is totally and you know connor like you were one of the most celebrated style master free surfers of your generation you know yes. coming up and and you advanced you made it onto the tour and i remember you and i had like a very very early podcast in an airstream here a few I was years one of the ago first ones, I one, you were one of the guinea <laughs> no pigs man. yeah and amazing. we were catching up and we were just feeling our way out and I'm like man like why are you on tour do you want to win a world title this and that and you're like no nah, it's not I don't think about it I just want to surf my best and and flash forward a couple of years you're in an event competing for the world title at the rip curl WSL finals you know just because you're kind of being true to yourself right and you're like man this is how I surf and you know with the the pandemic and people's careers evolving it feels like this film hit you at a really unique time too in, in your career and and you know, what were your sort of initial experiences talking about it, meeting these guys, and, and working on the film? Yeah, um, I guess the I've always been really into a lot of different aspects of the surf world. You know, yeah. like I I just loved surfing so much from such a young age, and so you know, and then growing up watching like Bobby and Dane and Tom and stuff, you know, and those guys all had gone through the tour, and so it kind of became a dream of mine to make it onto the tour and having that experience now like I have I guess I 
have been doing it and focused on it for so long that I've been craving maybe doing some other projects and having some other experiences that I haven't had time for in a pretty long time, um, which kind of came at a perfect time with me falling off tour last year. I think it was. <laughs> it feels like a <laughs> time is a flat time. circle. Oh man, about yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it just I guess what what intrigues me the most is how surfing can bring together so many different people from so many different walks of life. And um, like Grayson said, I've known him for a really long time. Like Nate, I've known I met Nate forever ago, and we have a lot of mutual friends. I've never spent a ton of time together, but used to get well, to surf a, together. We had, we had a, a good bonding together. Indo trip. Yeah, yeah, super fun Indo trip. That was trip. a deep and Indo trip. Yeah, right. always looked up. <laughs> really to got like to know people on that trip. Nate's accomplishments in the free surfing world and stuff. So, um, you know, it's just, I love doing fun shit with good people and 805's been a really cool opportunity to do that and bringing us together to get to do a project like this that Nate kind of was the brainchild with Perry behind. It's just been the little bit that we've gotten to do already has been so fun and psyched to go on our trip and um, yeah I just think it's cool I mean I guess the convergence convergence title we're all different but surfing is what kind of the glue I guess that we can all come together and like that's our one thing that we all have in common plus all these other things and passions that maybe are more particular to each of us but like you know no family is super important to all of us and yeah um, you know, like art and for Grayson and Nate, like, you know, music for me. So there's, I think we each have a lot of uh, interests besides just surfing. That'll be kind of cool to see come together in this film, hopefully. Stoked, yeah. And we're going to dig into a little bit more of, a, of each of your respective career arcs in the upcoming segment. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Perfect. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right, coming back from break. All right, we're back here we're with the lineup. We're with Connor Coffin, Nate Tyler, and Grayson Fletcher. We're here with some 805s. It's been delicious. Guys, we've been talking about this film, Convergence, which is coming out August 3rd by Perry Girkshaw. It's gonna premiere at the US Open. You know, you guys come from such unique backgrounds. I know we touched on it a little bit before, but you I mean, Grayson, starting with you, you, again, you come from one of the most dynastically appreciated families in surfing and skating, right? The Fletchers and the Hoffmans. Growing up for you must have been an experience, right? Because there's the weight of expectation, there's probably the weight of expectation you put on yourself. How did you navigate 
that part of your life to get to where you are today, just in terms of feeling comfortable with who you are and what you do for a living? Yeah, it's funny. Um, growing up, my my grandpa was gnarly. <laughs> I'm sure he was gnarly with my dad, but so I've heard. <laughs> Basically, get the fuck out there. That's what my grandpa would say, pretty much. So like, he would he raised me going on snowboard trips since a little kid. Like, he just took me up to the top of the mountain for the first time. So all right, just go down the mountain, like pretty much pointed yeah. straight, and he put a rope around me. <laughs> And he went down with me, and I didn't know how to what? turn, I didn't know how to snowboard, I didn't know how to do anything. I think I was six, and he just, the uh, like a puppeteer. Yeah, exactly. Wow. He just did one of these shimmy <laughs> oh, down the mountain with me, like one or two two times, and then he took me up the gondola and just had me go down that, and then I like was hitting the the moguls and just went flipping down the hill. <laughs> so that was snowboarding. I was like, okay, I could do it, yeah. kind of like cool, whatever. Got that. Um, we would go up trips like surf skate trips up right. the coast of northern california a lot we'd skate on the way up and um on the skate parks which were super rad back in the day not well back in my day <laughs> it was different but uh <laughs> like the wooden the wooden ramps on the blacktop was they're pretty interesting parks like a lot of cool hips a lot of spines like no not so much mini ramps more ramps like yeah. in between mini ramp and vert ramp like nine foot ten foot but anyways surfed on the way up too so like did all that with my grandpa and um yeah i don't know and i ended up skating more than surfing and snowboarding snowboarding's hard to get to because of the mountains um ended up bouncing around as a little kid moving around all over lived inland for a while it's so like skating there we go it's right there in front of you if you want to skate do it every you day you can even yeah. skate in your house if you're that <laughs> lazy like if i don't want to so, leave i'll skate right there you know so uh yeah, I just gravitated towards skating and uh, moved back to San Clemente when I was 19, started surfing a bunch, fell in love with that, skating hurts, yeah. I got bone cadavers in my left leg and like, I don't know, just skating hurts. Sure. Don't have to explain it. And um, yeah, so now I'm super in love with surfing, try to do it all the time and I think we're on to one of their stories. Well, wait, real, real quick <laughs> on that too, because you know, you, your dad's Christian Fletcher. Yep. Huge impact on oh, the yeah. surfing world, right? Your uncle Nathan, I, I'm under the impression that he actually stepped away from surfing and yeah. went to motocross because he was like, man, I'm not dealing with this pressure and this bullshit. A lot bullshit. of pressure. Did suddenly. you ever feel that? Is that kind? Do you think that had a part really, in you with going really, skating? I never really felt too much pressure. I just like uh, put my head down and went and did stuff. It's funny because there's a contest in Oregon. It's like a sick contest. It's called the Trifecta. And it was at three different Dreamland skate parks. Dreamland skate parks are the gnarliest parks there is. There's the one in, uh, there was one in Lincoln City and then it went to West Lynn and then Tigard. So I grew up going on these trips called Next Invasion Tours. And we would do, um, I th it was a cancer fundraiser, like what, a, I don't know exactly how you would put it. I didn't go to much school, so I use as much words as I can. But um, anyways, so I would work at those contests as a kid, like serving hot dogs and chips, like selling hot dogs and chips to raise money for um, Mike Rogers' Grind for Life. Right, right. And um, yeah, so that was super rad. I went on all the trips but wasn't skating the actual contest i was watching the guys skating it like and then i was skating afterwards and then people were like fuck you should skate this sometime i was like no no i didn't hate the contest don't right, like right, people yeah. watching and then eventually my dad was like hey let's go trifecta and i was like whatever like we'll go check it out and then i ended up skating it and then i got second at or no i got third at I got third place at Lincoln City, second place at West Lynn, and then Tigard. I always thought that park was very weird. And um, <laughs> I was skating good in practice, and then the contest came. I like was the first person, first heat, first run, dropped in, fell on the first trick, chucked my board over the fence, <laughs> and just hop, hopped out of the skate park and didn't come back, went to McDonald's. That was the hot dog guy, so I hope you enjoyed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so that's when I was like pretty much officially for myself, that's when I realized like, okay, like I I could maybe do this. That's when I was like that. And then I started um, going on trips with, I started getting boards from Flip, yep. hanging out with Ardo. He was taking me skating pools every weekend for like two years. 
Um, and then I ended up getting on Element and then traveling around with them for a while. And now I'm here at Arbor and made my own board shape, which is pretty fun because I like surfing and skateboards are like, there's a lot of weird stuff about skateboards people don't know. Like your board has seven layers of wood. Everyone knows that. But uh, I didn't know that. The glue, really? Oh, okay. Well, the I glue, might have known that when I was the glue yeah, here's different. So like your board's always different. They stack them in rows of seven while they're drying and like, more concave, more rocker in some of the boards. Um, the holes on the trucks sometimes are weird lined up. Like not, not everything's perfect like a surfboard also. And I tell my friends that surf that too. It's kind of funny. That but anyways, it's skating comes back to surfing. Like how I've old were you? How you old were you no, 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 when cool, you did man. those contests? I was 19 when I did oh, the, my first trifecta, yeah. and I grew up going to them constantly, yeah. serving yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. Do you think that if dog. you'd, if yeah. you'd yeah. only done like surf contests, if you would kind of have like, because you have a passion for surfing now, yeah. do you think you maybe would have been like, ah, I'm not into it as much? Like you kind of almost had to take that path to be like, oh cool, now I'm back, and I kind yeah. of like, I, I love it because yeah. it's just like. I don't know, like, I'm sure I would have loved it if I was like going to the beach all the time, but I just was. That going to the skate park and I was psyched and I was skating, 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 nothing else. I wanted to ride dirt bikes and it's awesome. Then I skated and I was like, I just want to just go try to go as fast and as big as possible and just pretend you're on a motocross track, kind of. I guess <laughs> it's worked out, yeah. you know. And you know, Connor, like switching gears a little bit, like you kind of developed and came up through really peak industry of like the mid oddies you know like celebrated amateur career like a lot of sponsors like contracts associated with it. and as we said in the first segment like we're really even outside of the contest thing like one of the most celebrated junior surfers from a style and power standpoint right and you come from Santa Barbara you have your younger brother Parker is a sparring partner you've got Rincon in your backyard you got the likes of Tom Kern and Bobby Martinez and Dane Reynolds like really developed in in sort of one of the most potent surfing regions imaginable qualified for the tour and we talked a little bit about it you know like you're like I'm here to surf my best and this is just a pathway to surfing my best talk to us a little bit about that process you know when you're coming up were you self-aware of like oh man like I've got it pretty good I'm going on these boat trips I got sponsorships the contest results are coming or was it just I got my head down I'm trying hard and I'm trying to keep up with my generation uh, it was a little of both, mm. probably. <clears throat> I mean, I definitely knew I was living the dream for sure. I mean, I was think I went on my first boat trip with Red Bull to Indo on like the Indies Four when I was fifteen or something. You <laughs> oh, know, it's like what the hell? <laughs> my parents were driving me down to drop me off at Red Bull, and they're like pulling up pictures of the boat and like holy shit! And I'm like Mick Fanning and yeah, Adriano that boat was and so nice. Jamie. I don't even know. I can't like Michelle Perez, all these, Julian Wilson, you know, like so crazy. And it was me and Chloe and Evan Geiselman. And sure, yeah. I guess when I was growing up too, there was, I mean, it was, there was a lot of really good juniors. It was course, like Andrew yeah. Doheny and Evan Geiselman and Chloe and like Luke Davis. There's like a whole pack. I'm probably forgetting a bunch of people. 100%, but, yeah. Um, so it was super gnarly. I mean, and we definitely, people, Kolohe was kind of probably the chosen one of like, oh, he's the next world title contender, you know? And, yep. and I was kind of like a little bit more off the radar up in Santa Barbara, but um, I definitely was pretty focused at the same time. I was like, okay, cool. I know like, what I want to do. I want to just, you know, keep getting better at surfing and try to figure out how to make a living out of it. And um, at that point, yeah, like get on the tour and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was pretty, looking back on it now, though, at the same time, it's like, whoa, it was pretty crazy, the shit that was going on when right I was place, growing right up, time you know, yeah. Stuff, yeah, and Just compared to what's going on in the too. surf world now, I mean, sure, it's yeah. so wild, and, and not that I took it for granted in any way, because I definitely didn't, like, yeah. I was having time of my life and knew it was something really special that I had to cherish, but um, I definitely was focused on, like, all right, cool, I want to make this happen, you know, like, I didn't didn't blow it which is good because i knew people or friends that went (laughs) i didn't want to do that but now it's crazy like here in the surf world today i'm like looking back at what i was doing 15 years ago or yeah yeah about 15 years ago 
I'm like, wow, that's just, you just thought it would get bigger, you know, course, or maybe, yeah. I don't know, or like, you never going. think it's going to dip. Didn't think yeah. it was going to like nosedive or something. Well, the yeah. off the radar thing is such a good point, right? Because Santa Barbara, for all its sort of the legend associated with the location in terms of the surfers, like Brownie and Tom and, you know, Kim and, and the, the waves, it is away from Velcro Valley. Like it's not yeah. Orange County, right? And We've talked about this a lot, like, you know, Kolohe and John were, were compared a lot when they were younger, and I remember very vividly when they qualified around the same time, and as you said, like, the marketing around someone like Kolohe was like, he's absolutely going to win the world title, and if he doesn't win it his rookie season, it's a failure. Yeah. And John, by comparison, was always in the spotlight, but I remember the year he qualified, he broke his back, he snuck on the tour at the midway point, everyone, all the pundits were like, well, I hope he makes it to pipe. We don't know if he can surf anything else, yeah. you know? And, and being a little bit out of that limelight helps so much and yeah. being outside of the radar. So having a home base like Santa Barbara and having someone, we've talked about the found family and the biological family, a brother like Parker as a sparring partner must be so advantageous to not being complacent, being like, I surf good enough, I deserve all these things. It's probably like, no, I have to work harder and harder and harder. Yeah. Is that oh. fair? Or? Oh, for sure. No, I never thought I surfed good, really. I always just wanted to get better. I was like, I don't know, I'm all right. But I never was like, oh, I rip. Like, yeah. But also, I think that that was part of growing up. Like, obviously, with a brother, you're pushing each other, you know? So you don't, almost don't even notice. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, we got way better because you're just every day surfing together. Like, oh, he did that. Oh, I want to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that real natural progression. And then probably the other thing too is like where we grew up you kind of had to have that more humble like grounded mentality because there's right. always people kind of keeping you in check yeah um because you wanted to be able to surf you know like the spots that are kind of more localized and um you know i think there's sort of that still like old school sense of like hierarchy in the lineups and just because you're some ripper you know like doing contests winning some contests it's like uh it doesn't mean shit here you know back of the line so yeah um I think that that like the combination of those things definitely played into the way I grew up um, as a surfer and just kind of how I saw the surf world and it kept me pretty grounded yeah. like I maybe I didn't get the confidence that I should have had because I was kind of dealing with some of those things of sure. like oh no, no. but um, yeah definitely always kept me pretty grounded and humble I never thought I was that cool for sure it's interesting though right because you see I'm gonna generalize. You see kind of two different types of surfers when they make it to the tour. You get kind of the, the kids on, on both men's and women's who are like very hyped. They make it and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I should win a world title, I'm good enough. And then you get the other people who make it and they're like, I have to work on this, I gotta work on that, I gotta work on that. And you look at someone like Mick Fanning, like arguably one of the most hyped surfers to ever make the tour. He came on tour and was like, I cannot backside barrel ride to save my life. And he'd spend six weeks at Chopu making it better. Or Adriano D'Souza is another one, like qualified and he was like, had a high strike rate on aerials. And he's like, I need to develop a power game. So he like spent time on that. A few years later, he wins Bell. It's like, so that kind of humility, I think consistently is like, just cause you make the tour, just cause you got magazine covers is like, dude, you're not ready. Like that tour is much more radical than you think it is. And you have to keep working. For sure, yeah. I mean, I think most things you do in life come down to your work ethic of you know the time and the energy and the passion that you're willing to put into whatever you're doing you know that's how you're gonna get anywhere and anything yeah and you kind of have to be able to apply that you know obviously there's freak talents but it doesn't really happen by accident yeah i don't think nate speaking of kind of degrees of separation from i mentioned velcro valley but like orange county right mm -hmm. now you grew up on the central coast which as far as kind of professional surfing in the 90s and oddies is concerned, may as well have been on Mars, mm -hmm. you know? So you actually had the space to develop who you wanted to be and how you wanted to surf away from, from really a lot of oversight in a way. And we are actually having this conversation um, on a personal trip last week and we were like, man, that Volcom team of, of lifers at that point in time, you know, Alex Gray and uh, Killian Garland and, mm -hmm. and yourself, radical surfers in there that could do both because you competed a little bit when you were younger but you eventually found your niche in this free surfing world and you know whether it was Kai Neville films or Joji films the projects that you were involved in consistently stand out parts even though you didn't have maybe the same amount of height that some of your counterparts did you know mm. can you tell us a little bit about 
just the career decision of going, you know what, maybe contest surfing exclusively isn't for me and I might have something in this space. Yeah, I mean, that started very early. Mm. I, I, um, I was never successful in contests in, in the sense, like I feel like maybe like what was it, NSSA days, mm. I did okay, but I was never like very confident in much, like especially when it came down to contests. And I really hated like, you know, when I would feel good and be confident, I really believed in my surfing, but I really hated the aspect of like that fighting in the water and like fighting for waves and all that stuff. It just was never me. I was never that hungry for um, contests. And I appreciate all the kind words, but I just like, even looking back on all of the so-called accomplishments, like I, I really steered clear of contests once I hit whatever age, like 16 or yeah. 17. And then <clears throat> that was in an era when magazines were so healthy and thriving. Yeah. And I lived with um, Greg Browning for a while. Yeah, down right. at, Like right out of high school, I moved to Hermosa Beach. And um, he was, as we all know, or hopefully remember, he was like such an amazing uh, free surfer back course, in the yeah. day. How and, cool is Greg? He's such a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he was so amazing. Was, him and his, they, they just let me into their house. They're like, yeah, move down here. Sick, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so I moved down there and um, he kind of helped me like get on the path of like getting on, getting to know photographers. Right. And so I, in again, like when magazines were super strong, I just saw that as like, oh my gosh, that is such an amazing accomplishment to like go shoot a photo and then it prints in a magazine like that blew my mind when i was a kid because i grew up just staring at magazines and then like the idea that i could be in one blah, blah, all that cliche stuff but i was just like so anyways so then i feel like i had like a pretty long path where i got to be in magazines yeah and um and it always was good but you know surf magazines was like i could do a fake ass error and right. like ended up as a photo and right, yeah. blah, blah blah and then fast forward x amount of years i picked up new sponsors or whatever and i got other opportunities where i started to get into films and started filming a lot and that was when it really clicked for me because yeah, it right. was fucking real it was yeah. like that if you put together a clip that like completely overruled over a photo in my opinion and I hadn't even gotten to that right. point so I feel like I got like a second wind when um, I started getting opportunities for films yeah. and that was like that to me was the craziest and I just I worked so hard on films for so long because yeah. that they meant so much to me because they were everything that got me into surfing I had a background where I don't I mean I look like a pretty cliche surfer but I don't I came from a inland town like I don't feel like I was supposed to be a surfer really right and uh, films just meant so much to me so it was really cool to to like get to be a part of the films I got to be a part of yeah that was that was big it's so interesting you talk about the making the move to Hermosa Beach at, at one point mm. this is a conversation that comes up on the podcast a lot and it's the idea that over the last decade or two right in certain parts of the world if you kind of have talent when you're younger mm-hmm. people tend to i won't say converge but people tend to move Seems to fitting well i know but we're gonna i don't want to bastardize it <laughs> people tend to move to one spot right like in america like yeah. almost anywhere in america right now you could say any kid that's got talent around 12 years old parents sell the farm they buy a sprinter van they move to san Clemente. Mm-hmm. And I get it, right? Because the talent in San Clemente is so high, lowers is a hugely rippable wave. And similar in Australia for years, right? People go, like, that kid's got talent, he's got to move to the Gold Coast. Yeah. That's the industry, that's where the photographers are, and there's absolutely benefit to that. But something that is lost in that is that uniqueness and regional approach to wave riding, right? That we probably saw a lot more of in the 80s and the 90s. And it starts to get a little bit homogenized, right? Like you stayed true to Santa Barbara. Like you were in Hermosa Beach, but now you're back on the Central Coast. Mm. Like you came from a skating background. Like all of you have awesome surf styles to watch, but they're certainly not cookie cutter. You know, for someone like yourself, Nate, I, I, I wonder how long 
and whether that was even a motivation to move to Hermosa Beach, where she felt the pressure to be like, I have to be down here for my career, mm -hmm. or if eventually you're like, you know what, like, the things that made me the surfer I am, which are the things that I think people find valuable, are actually the things at home. Oh, 100%, yeah. I, I mean, I only went to Hermosa Beach because it was really funny. I, I, um, I, I graduated high school and I was like, explorer, what was it, like NSSA? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty low on the totem pole champ or whatever. Like, I wasn't going anywhere in surfing. So I signed up for um, classes at the community college. Right. And I went, I, I like did pretty minimal, and I did like Tuesday and Thursday, right? And it was the first week of school. Made it through Tuesday, and I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. And then randomly Wednesday night, I got a call from, um, it was like through Greg, a photographer was like, hey, we're going to Mexico on Friday. Can you go? And I was like, I think I could go. And then I like listened to whatever, and I, or whatever. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go to, I shouldn't do that trip. I should go to school. And I made it to, through one class on Thursday. So I made it through like, I did a total of like whatever, very minimal. And it just made me go, okay, that's my path. And then when I came home from that, I was like, okay, maybe Hermosa is the right thing. And so I did, I dabbled in living down south, but like you're saying, it was so far from just, it just wasn't me, Sure. you know? Like I, it's just not my personality. It was very cool like to be around sponsors and all that stuff, but in the end, it really wasn't me. And yeah. when I moved home, I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't make it as a surfer. And it was really weird because, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't move home because I'm like, oh, yeah, I already did whatever. It was like, I literally was like, yeah, I just can't live right. doing that and chasing that because it's just not my lifestyle. So I think it was it was really natural that I moved back home and then whatever followed. I, I don't know. Do you question for all three of you, so I'll start with Grace. Answers. Answers, boys. <laughs> do you think, you know, what we just talked about, because you guys all have such unique stories, do you think that that is something that's going to be showcased and kind of teased out through Convergence, the film? Because I think that's what makes things so cool, right? Is like, there's a commonality, but it's not, again, it's not three people who are exactly the same. It's three people with different paths. Has, yeah. that, has that been your experience so far? Yeah, I mean, we're doing this. It said it's around 45 minutes. We're about to do this for like four days straight. That's right. <laughs> so That's a good point. Let's get it going. We got some yeah. cold beers to crack into, hopefully some waves, and I can't wait to watch these guys rip. Can't wait to watch you rip. Oh, thanks. Nate yeah, ripped that wave today. I was all psyched. <laughs> I, was like, I was like watching you over the sh over the shoulder. I was like looking around. Dude, it I was appreciate so the hype. Cool. What like, if somebody finally sees it and they're like, hmm, that was cool. That was, that, was one of, that was one of the coolest things. Good thing. job. That was one of the coolest moments I've ever had in the water. I'm not just no, saying that's that. Amazing, no, that's amazing, It was man. sick. I watched you surf for so long, and then I like, the wave's still going. I'm popping over the shoulder watching you. Like, it was, it was really rad to see. You don't see waves that long. Yeah, that was Even a long Even in wave. Indonesia. Yeah. Sorry, my voice is... Arr. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, off to you guys. Question: I don't know if that answered it. Oh, no, that was great. No, I, yeah, and I, I'm sure Perry will do a great job in you know translating all that. But it might have to be like a four-hour movie. So that could be like really the director's cut. Like yeah. we only Let's few. Just of us go to Indo. Yeah, it's a great. And point. Perry and Dan are ripping it up. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The direction's going good. Yeah. Totally. We're gonna take one more ad break to get a word in from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Thanks, sponsors. Hey, I hear you think podcasts are all about true crime, huh? Well, wise guy, the iHeartRadio app's got all kinds of podcasts. We got stuff you should know and stuff they don't want you to know. We got Bobby Bones, Big Boy, and Lou Later. We got SpongeBob Binge Pants and Exotic Erotic Storytime. We got Doughboys, Two Dudes in a Kitchen, Green Eggs and Dan. Hey, we got ElfQuest. We got podcasts for everything on the iHeartRadio app for free. If you don't download that, well... That's not just a true crime, my friend. That's criminal. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. 
The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com, code THELINEUP1515. All right, we're back. We're here at the lineup with Grayson Fletcher, Nate Tyler, and Connor Coffin. And the fire. And the fire. I feel like every time someone tunes back in, the fire's gotten bigger. Yeah. It's getting bigger. We just need flames to go across our face. That's exactly right. Yes. So you three, you guys are going to be premiering in Convergence on August 3rd at the US Open, the Perry Gergshaw documentary. Very exciting. We've had a pretty interesting cycle of seasons in the Northern Hemisphere. We've had an extended La Nina, there's rumors that we're moving into El Nino. You know, looking beyond uh, convergence, what do you guys see for yourselves for the rest of the year? W what are the plans, Nate, for, for yourself? You know, in addition to completing the film, like how do you see the rest of 2023 playing out for you, uh, personally and professionally? Hmm. I don't know. I guess I actually have not thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to finish strong on this film, which I'm sure we all will. I'm fortunate I have great opportunities with my artwork, so I'll be focusing a lot on that. Uh, my family and I are renovating a little tiny house that we just got. Not like a technically a tiny house, but a, a little beach shack place. So um, yeah, I mean, I'll be really busy, but probably not overly exciting stuff. Yep. That's yep. exciting. Yeah, I guess it is I kind of exciting. And, and Grayson, in the break, oh, we were sorry. talking about uh, traveling a little bit. Yeah. Where, what are you thinking for the rest of you? I'm going to finish up this part with Chris Gregson for Thrasher. Um, and I want to go to Indonesia again. <laughs> so I'm going to go back over there again. Bali Fornia. <laughs> so maybe go over there in August. I can't wait to go on this trip tomorrow. It's going to be a quick one, which will be a sick one. And... Um, that, that's where I'm at. I don't really got no plans. I did the whole contest, grind, skate trip, dirt bag, skater, sleep on the cement trip forever, and just been cruising, so trying to go surf and hang out and it's have so, fun. It's so interesting, right? Because you're in such a unique position as, as you get a lot of supporters, mm -hmm. sponsorship-wise, uh, professional skater, professional surfer. When you say things like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Indonesia for a bit and basically just surf, your sponsors who are like, yo, you are a skater. They're cool with that. I don't really tell them. I just go. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hope they're on board with me. But now um, Bali has a super rad skate park in Uluwatu. Yeah. It's actually, this is where I've been at. I was, I'm just like, I should just move there. Their skate park somehow, it's insane. Their skate park's better than anything in California. So I'm just like, why would I live in Orange done. County, crowded, crazy place when I... It's like Indo's the spot, warm water, barrels, sick skate park. Still trying to come out of a barrel. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still working on that one. It does seem like that, you know, to crib a phrase from your partner Ruka, like uh, the balance of yeah, opposites surf, with you, surf, right? Skate, like, surf, surf, skate. skate, moto, like they all actually make you better, like, right? Because they give you that approach and you're like, yeah, cool. Like I learned something from surfing, I applied it to skating, vice versa, moto, exactly. whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm pretty stoked Ruka does surfing skating, 805 does surfing and skating, so. Very cool. There you are. And Connor, yeah. we, we talked a little bit about this through the podcast and just how, and it's, it's not a knock on any surfer that's out there, but a lot of them have to focus on one specific discipline. I'm a big wave surfer, I'm a free surfer, I'm a contest surfer. 
your career is sort of spanned almost every discipline, you know, and you had an amazingly celebrated free surfing career when you were coming up at the same time qualifying for the show. We talked about our previous podcast here, what, 2019 or whatever it was. We're like, oh, I just want to surf my best. I don't know about the world title. Then a couple of years later, you're in the hunt at an event for the world title. You now off tour. There's the opportunity to compete on the Challenger Series, but also there's also the opportunity to do films like Convergence and other kind of projects. Like, where do you see your professional career kind of going? You know, through the rest of 23 and maybe over the next few years. Are you going to try to qualify? Or are you going to focus on more free surfing? What do you think? Um, I guess I've been kind of trying to figure that out. <clears throat> so it's a good question, and I don't know if I quite have the answer yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll find it this week on our trip. You're going to come visit me in Indo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just missed you in Indo. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, thanks, Dave. He said too many nice things about me. But, um, I mean, I just love surfing and being in the water and traveling and any way I can do that and keep it going, and I'm going to be stoked. So I guess I've just kind of been trying to figure out what the next five years of my surf surf world will look like but um i went down and did the couple of challenges in australia and did real shitty so that wasn't exactly a great start to getting back on tour but uh we're going on this trip the trip this week and um yeah i definitely want to i just feel like i haven't really traveled and surfed good waves much which is probably why we all start doing this in the first place so right. i'm pretty psyched to do some fun trips and um, riding for body glove with Parker for wetsuits like we're gonna have some pretty rad opportunities to do some trips together for them um, so I'm really excited about that and um, like with Salty Crew just going to hang with like Benji and Matt and all those guys and different people all over the world that are have these sick little zones where they're fishing and surfing and diving yeah. like that stuff all gets me really excited so yeah I'm, I don't know I have a lot of interests and passions and stuff that evolve around the ocean and yeah. Just excited to. Cause keep, how old are you now? Uh, 29. 29. I turned 30 in a couple weeks, I think. Well, yeah. happy, <laughs> happy early birthday. Connor's, yeah. Connor's yeah. getting a new spark. It's coming on. Well, <laughs> it's heavy. A, Watch. But you know, it's interesting, right? Because every single one of you, and this is a big topic that comes up on this podcast all the time. Like, surfing is a community that is obsessed with the cult of youth. Who's the next 12-year-old? Can we pay <laughs> that person? I'm serious. Yeah. Right? And it's so interesting because if you look across the spectrum of kind of the best performers, they typically don't do their best 10-year run of surfing until like 25, 35, much more so than like 15, 25, right? Mm -hmm. But the industry and everything is kind of geared towards like, let's get that kid in front of everyone now. And by the time they're 25, they're burnt. It's like, you're not even seeing their best surfing. Yeah, it's, well, like, it's almost like you get like the what if, you know, like how 100%. good could they be? And yeah. then once you, if you didn't hit that, it's like, oh, you failed. Well, there's a lot Next, of how good of could this kid be? Yeah, there's so 100%. much shit that can go wrong. Hurdles. <laughs> I blew so, up you. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like, <laughs> even, amongst us. I mean, I've been <laughs> sucking in contests for like a year and a half. I don't think, I can't remember the last heat I made. But at the same time, when I go out and surf, like at home this year, I was like, oh, I think I'm doing like the best surfing I've ever done probably. Yeah. But I can't make a fucking heat. So I don't know. It's just funny. Surfing's weird like that. Everything yeah. goes in circles, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> land down power cars. <laughs> well, Nate, what do you think about that, too? Because you're uh, slightly older than our colleagues. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd say you probably did your best surfing in that range, you know, 25 to 35. I feel. I honestly feel like I almost did it, like, yeah, I guess technically you're correct. But, like, I feel like my best surfing was when I was able to be making films yeah right and opportunity I, yeah like I traveled with people that I never dreamed of traveling with and I mean like if you watched all of the clips you know like I it was amazing they <clears throat> put me up there like on par with those people but it was crazy to like rise to the occasion because you're traveling with surfers like that right and um and it was weird though. I feel like, I think it was like 26 to like 32 just felt like that was when I was working on a lot of films. It was almost 33 or whatever. And it was just like, I had such crazy opportunities and got to rise to so many occasions that, um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that it's, it, it does come later when you're 
And I think it's really mental when you're later right. too. You know, like you just get more confident. And well, you kind of find probably like what you're, what feels good and what totally. you want to do. And then yeah. you kind of like lean into it more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or I don't know. That's no, what, 100%. That's what maybe look like from the outsider feels like yeah. to me. The yeah. confidence thing is big too. Like, especially with skating, there's so many, like, I mean, surfing, I don't, I don't look at it that way because I skate, but there's there's so many tricks in skating and there's so mm. many tricks that are like frowned upon or like yeah not so cool. many tricks that are lame yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's like so many tricks that people want to tell you that they think you should be doing mm. and um yeah so that's similar with skating too like totally. you just got to put your head down like i started realizing lately you know what i don't care if if these people think these tricks are lame i don't care what yeah what my board shape looks like yeah like, you know like yeah. so that's that's where i've been figuring myself out too is like it's i'm just i'm finally doing now what i want to do and what makes me happy and there's a very few selected tricks that i like to do in skating that make me feel happy myself and because they feel good to me and it's a small handful and now i'm like you know what i don't care i don't need to do other tricks i don't like to do or i don't enjoy i'll stick to my tricks and yeah same thing. I'm gonna. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll tag that with a note of um, objective opinion, though, right? Because Nate, you're a, a very humble dude. You're from, as we talked about, not the center of the surf media world, mm -hmm. but from team managers to your colleagues in the Joe G films, or the Volcom films, the Kai Neville films, or the Channel I, whatever it is, to a person, they said Nate Tyler is at the very top. Like every single time, every single session, you can debate me on this, that's fine. Well, I've no. been out there when you've been filming I was, with yeah. uh, these guys that you're talking mm. about, and it's like you watch them and think, these are some of the best surfers in the world. Nate Tyler's here. It's, uh, it was awesome to watch you do your thing. It's still awesome to watch you do your thing. And guys, a, a real pleasure to talk to you and about this film. I can't wait to see it. Convergence coming out. To close out, we typically do a lightning round. Connor has answered these a few times. So what we're going to do is a, a condensed Skip lightning round. <laughs> no, you're answering. We're going to do three questions for each of you to answer as quickly as you can. And just for operational sake, we'll go Grace and Nate Connor. Perfect. Oh. I'll keep mine shorter this time. <laughs> no, you can talk as long as you want. Man. I ramble. First question. Yep. Grayson. If you could only surf one wave for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, at the moment, the wedge, but I'd like to go try and catch a couple waves out of pipe. There <laughs> so maybe, maybe it'll change. Nate. Oh, sorry, same question. Same question. Um, macaronis. Macaronis. I've got your answers from last time. Really? Right? Maybe yeah. it's changed. It's cloud oh. break. Where? Cloud break? <laughs> <laughs> that was cloud one of your answers. <laughs> Uh, next question for Grayson. Who is the worst person to share the lineup with? Probably me. I don't stop talking. <laughs> I take a lot of waves. I mean, we're at my at, at lowers where everyone does, you know? Yeah. Part of the pack. Is that a good Nate? answer? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Entitled humans? That's a great answer. Connor? The tour? <laughs> that's close to what you said last time. As a whole? No. That's, that's a common answer. Is stay away from those guys uh, and girls. They're at lowers all the time. Oh, man. Uh, so last same one. answer. Yeah. Finish this sentence, Grayson. I will next achieve a state of happiness by... Getting barreled at Padang this summer. <laughs> or our summer. Yes. Nate? Never having to get the first wave at the Surf Ranch Pro ever again. <laughs> Great answer. Connor? Uh, sitting here, hanging out. These yeah, that's really close yeah, to the that's last nice, Connor. That's beautiful. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to our listeners who wrote in the questions. Convergence by Perry Gerkshaw premieres on August 3rd at the US Open. And guys, I think we're going to get to do this again around then. So I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Got to thank Slay nice. Dog. <laughs> Right? Thank yep. you. I'll and thank you, thank you to Air 5. Thanks, thanks to the Beers Boys. Thanks for having yep. yeah. Thanks, Sir French, 805, Slater, Connor, Nate. Oh, I just almost burned my hair off, I think. 
So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with Grayson Fletcher, Nate Tyler, and Connor Coffin presented by 805 Beer. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out their film, Convergence, which premieres on August 3rd, then will be on YouTube starting on August 4th. It's well worth your time. The Wallex US Open of Surfing presented by Pacifico at Huntington Beach is live this week, and you can watch it at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. Today's episode is executive produced by Jed Pearson, Tim Greenberg, and myself, produced by Miguel Clemente, with art direction by Jason Penning, and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them, and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that it's recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, the Kumeye, and the Tachiyoka native people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup.